All right, you ready? Yep. All right. Welcome to the Way Off Track Podcast, episode five. Five, Cinco. Ep- episode Cinco. Episode Cinco. Cinco Day Way Off Track Podcast. Cinco Day Way Off Track Podcast. The number one podcast in the universe for track and field related things that happens to it's, be filmed in the And basement. sorts. And sorts. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I just did a little clear my throat right in the right in the mic. Super not professional. They love hearing that. I am, of course, the uh, assistant coach to the head honcho here sitting to my right, Kyle Van Dam, and, and Justin Kinseth here to my right, head coach of the W. Oshkosh track and field men and women. Um, we were hoping to have Eamon, our distance coach and head cross-country coach for both men and women on the podcast today. But after our... Uh, after our great meet at home last weekend, he uh, well, Eamon does some really cool volunteering things where he was he was like Christmas caroling and he needed to save his voice for that. Like it's it's a, this is true. I thought it was sort of a joke at first, but then like I'm like okay, no, Eamon does do that kind of stuff. So yeah, he he was uh, concerned about last week if he would have came on saving his voice for that. So we'll we'll get him here. We'll get him here. I'm uncomfortable. That's good. It's good to push out of your comfort zone. I think is that's a good thing, right? To do that, that's how you get better. I don't know what to do with my arms. Yeah, we're not, ah, we need a. This good executive. Do I do I like? Do I, do remember when we relaxed? Remember, you know like, when people tell you to relax, and you're like, yeah. For me, for me, that and you're looks not like, at all. You know, for, for me, like that looks, you to just chill out. Like here, take a seat, relax. But you're you're for unable me, to. For me, that so looks like right I'm now. sitting on a beach on a in a beach chair. It's only because we have so much. Information having a cold all of Mountain you. Dew. Okay, so let's get started. <laughs> I love how you wrote uh, on the prompter here, number one podcast joke. Yeah, and this that's is... supposed to be me. I'm supposed to make that. Jo- it, it's not a joke, man. Like we are going to be sure. Sure, we're gonna yeah. go viral. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a thousand people listen to this one time. Number one podcast. Uh, we found out by the way. Fact. We found out by the way that. Uh, the average view time is five minutes and, and thirty six seconds. And thirty six seconds. Yeah. But we go for an hour, people. So you can watch the other, you know, fifty five minutes if you want. Yeah. Um, we ain't going anywhere. I think they're so. just trying to tell us we only have five minutes worth of actual good content to watch in our podcast. Then hey. the other fifty five is us doing this. Right. Well, Being not only that, but yeah. Not only no, that, but true. that. Not only that, but that. Well, and that's why people don't listen because we're 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 kind of bad at this. Wow. Um, oh, by the we way, for those that are viewing, subscribed, thank you. And if you're you. not uh, subscribed, s- subscribe is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and we wanted so, some comments, and we're we're calling for comments. We're yeah, we want comments any. like just the worst. <sighs> what do you guys the want best to hear? in between? What's your indifference about? Other than what do you want to hear? Justin, we're full like, of we're full of knowledge. Yeah. We, oh man. It's, yeah. It's we're full of knowledge. It's about time we do a full on Casey's versus Quick Trip at some point here too, because it's that's that's oof, fine, man. It's good. But for today we yeah. have um, we have to do a little bit of a recap here because the last episode that we had we finished our first meet at Ripon. in December. That was at Ripon, mm-hmm. and we were um, a little nervous 
going into you were yep okay i was going into the second meet which was at home on december 11th here so this is just a few days after um yeah i was pretty scared in terms of our ability to finish strong in the second meet you know i didn't want to get burnt out after the first um so i was just a little hesitant on how to really train the week going into this second meet and and I kept things pretty I kept things pretty light. Uh, we're also trying to get ready for finals, which just happened this past week. So it's the week before finals, which is the the week that this meet was on. Um, and it was much more valuable for me for them to feel like they were clear headed, uh, that they had the ability to be fresh and to attack. Um, you know, I I made sure, you know, a thousand times over to tell them that all of the training that we put into the fall, that's the deposit that we put together. Um, and now it's just time to withdraw it, you know. So don't try to feel like there's anything you can do this week that's going to get you to be able to chip off a little more time or, you know, throw a little bit farther, jump a little bit farther, higher. Uh, it's all ready. So you just have to be fresh, recovered, ready to attack. The hay is in the barn, attack. as they say in Wisconsin. The hay is in the barn. The hay is, is in the barn. It's a real Wisconsin thing. Well, Iowa thing, too. We don't have for... hay. We have, we have corn. Yeah, huskers, the, the, corn huskers like Nebraska. You no, have the, that's Nebraska. We don't come, husk it. We just have it. Oh, we, that's good. We is just, it sweet corn or field corn? Both. It's corn corn. Yeah. Yellow. It's canned corn. <laughs> we have canned corn. It's Indian grows, corn. grows right out of the you, ground. Whatever corn you want, we got it. Yeah, corn yeah. on the cob. Yeah, grows out of the corn ground. Corn off the cob. Corn. Candy corn. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> meat highlights here. I'll let... Uh, do you want me to take this, or do you want it? I'll start it off. I'll start okay. it off. Go ahead and start um, it off. So we had a we had a really nice meet again. Another well, a really nice meet, especially in a couple of areas. But uh, overall, really nice meet for the team, the men and the women. Um, but a couple of big highlights start off with Steve Potter, Stephen Potter in the eight hundred dropped a one fifty two forty. That is second in D three, I think, if when we looked right. Number two in D three. That's a that's a big time in. And uh, his brother is number three or four, three, four, three, four, four, four. So, I mean, a couple guys in the top four right in the 800, um, which we, we kind of. Th- to preface this, remember, we have only had a few teams in Division sure. Three. Yes, yes. Compete. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, all other divisions have also competed. And those that have competed, Division One, Two, Three, NAI, Junior College. So we're really just using the sample size that we have. Yeah. But it's still a nice time to to highlight because that should get in mm-hmm. for Division Three to nationals, qualify for nationals. That's what yep. you mean by that. Yep. Um. So yeah, awesome time there. Great run. Couple of four laps indoors. Almost a couple of laps. Uh, Caleb Cornelius followed up his first ever. 196 performance with uh, a 201 performance uh for second ever meet ever and yeah. uh yeah he's he's good he was the one that we talked about last episode where he mm-hmm. was the basketball kid that Kyle claims dunked on me claim it's a fact he, he there's video a, evidence nope no such thing but anyway mm-hmm. he went 65 his first meet and then funny enough a week later he decides to go 67 uh, if he goes maybe like that's goes pretty good. Another five centimeters here next meet, then then we're dancing. Man, you're getting really metric over there. Yeah, you are Canadian. No, well, Canadians Canadian. go metric, right? 
I suppose they probably do both. They have to. Like it's. I think the casual viewer is not going to know unless we get a ton of people from Europe, or really actually all over the world outside of the United States. Yeah, but it. But college track does go metric, so I mean, you're right. Sort of. But even whether I we like it or not, yeah, that's you why know, I have my it, nice little. Isn't it weird though when you're like, yeah, Caleb went 196 to 201, and people just go like, ah. Is that like he went, is that like good? He went this much further. Up. Up. <laughs> yes. This was before that's a bug. Right. Yeah. This much further. He and went hey, far. Now, now the now hold he on. He went far up. Now the closer I go to you, it's like a fish. It looks bigger than from way back here. See, that's different. And I didn't change my hand. So it's like a fish. When when the guys with their they hold the fish way out in front of them, you know, on the fish pictures. Come on, you're a fisherman. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You hold the little, like the little three inch bass, like way out in front of you, like this, and it looks like a six inch or something. Next one. Yep. Next one. Um, oh, the women's the women's 800 was that was an awesome race to watch. That was that was fun. That was really fun. Yeah. We had uh, uh, Kina uh, won it. She was uh, she's a transfer for us. Uh, Kina. Went like 213, 27. Uh, Zanzi, I mean, it was kind of a photo finish. Zanzi was right behind her with a three, uh, 213, 29. 29. Um, and then and Libby, then Libby oh, finished third with a 214. I can't read. 31. Oh, yeah. 214, 31. We got to get you so, some glasses. You know, one thing that we forgot to tell all of you that we run on uh, a flat 200 track. Mm hmm. Um, and this is something that I've wanted to have them adjust um, and other coaches in our division as well. But these are flat 200 track times. So when you go and you look at other divisions, especially division one, division two, they convert those flat 200 times to a banked or oversized 300 meter track. So when you hear of a division one or division two school running a certain time, they will they will even if they're on a flat 200 that time is still the time they ran but they'll always convert it to that standard um and something that division 3 does not do unless the indoor national championships is on a bank or oversized track and just to just to give the people a little more info that aren't used to this all the time an oversized is typically a 300 meter track right um and a bank track literally has banked corners um, so, so you mathematically physics, you run faster times because the the biggest problem, like in a, in a 200, say when we run our two hundreds, uh, indoors or four hundreds too, we don't, or no, two or eight hundreds or mile, but or the 200 3K, I'm saying 5K. we don't even use like lanes one, two, three, because it's too tight of curves. We'll use three um, for championships. Oh, Usually will. we'll use, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Four, four. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's a smaller meet, you know. As meat managers, some will just say, hey, we're going to use four, five, and six because it's a dual or a triangular. Um, but usually at the national championships, you you will use that's right three, yep. four, five, six. But yep. regardless, yeah, the turns are obviously tighter. It's a flat 200. So we just want to preface these as we go through that technically what we're telling you are the times that we ran on that track. We'll give you the conversion after we're done here because we want you want to do a little care, compare and contrasting mm -hmm. going forward. So I just wanted to preface this as we go forward with some of our highlights. Uh, we're just doing this for the casual listeners so they know what, what we're running is on a flat 200, and we'll give you a little more detail here as we go. Yeah, um, for, for somebody sorry, that's been... just want to throw that in there. For somebody that's been absolutely just all over TFERS or like really knows their stuff, this is probably pretty elementary stuff for you. But yeah, it's for the casual... casual 
casual listener. Yep. Um, someone that's just kind of just trying to understand our world a little more. Right. Or whatever. Um, men's 60. Oh, the Men's 60 was the times? another. Yeah. Let me just bring them up for you. Uh, men's 60 was another massive, like, oh, it was actually better. It was better than the first one. It was just more fun to watch, and I didn't really know, I know that about we were better, top but it. it was just as good. Like it was, sure. it was yeah. impressive. Well, um, yeah, you, fireworks went off again, which was pretty nice to see. Um, the women PR'd, um, the men PR'd. Um, we'll we'll kind of go over the the sprints in general. We'll go sixty in, in later on too, but um, you know maybe it's because it was home cooking a little bit. It's it's a home meet. We feel pretty good. We're, we're, we feel comfortable. We always you know families well are there. Friends are there, and, and you know that was what I was nervous for was having that first meet, putting our, all of our eggs in that basket, and not having anything to to push into the next week. But we did; we looked great. Um, so this big highlight here, you know, I, I do want to give props to our ladies as well. They did run great. Um, they PR'd. Uh, I know Liz ran in the two hundred. I'm just I'm, I know I'm off track here, but Liz ran in the two hundred, went twenty six forty eight on a flat two hundred which is impressive. Um, a couple other, I believe, um, Liz ran or tied a personal best. Oh, it's, is it up here? Yeah. Eight, eight oh, 11 um, for Liz. Oh, sorry. She's ran, she's ran eight Oh, so I apologize for that one, but she had a massive PR in the 200, yeah. uh, which is special. Um, so, you know, shout out to Liz, the, um, the other side of the coin. Sorry, we can go back to, to the main highlight. I, I completely missed. No, that's all right. Um, I just want to make sure I'm giving everybody a shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, that did well. Um, this is the men's 60 meter final. So, uh, we had 682, 688, 691, 692. Uh, I believe Joey went 695 in the prelim. So we took seven sure to finals with one guy, uh, as the eighth spot. So seven Oshkosh guys in the final again. Um, and they did awesome. Um, I mean, we really should just, it's probably connected into this, uh, give a shout out to London Little. Uh, he's a freshman for us. He had an awesome day uh, at the home meet. He went 689 in his prelim mm-hmm. after last week going to, uh, when we were at Ripon, he ran like a 706 or 707 and he's a freshman. So I, I first, I thought it was maybe just nerves or, you know, he's just still learning how to, you know, push out of. Uh, a proper block start because he he had a lot of room to grow and develop uh, as a sprinter. Um, but he did tell me, he's like, Coach, you know, for some reason, I just didn't feel like I was ready to be set at the rip and meet. Meaning the gunman said set and he was still putting his hands in position and feeling like his weight was shifted in the right spot to be set. So when the gunman said set, official said set, he felt way off. Um, he just kind of picked his butt up. The gun goes off. He's in a bad spot. He's not pushing into his blocks. He's not feeling any co-contraction, uh, and able to actually, you know, explode out of those blocks. So, um, he just kind of stepped out of them, stood straight up, ran a 706 or 707. Um, which is a a nice time still. Well, it's still clearly, well, this is what we found (laughs) out on the worst possible start for, for London. It seems like he could run a seven O because this kid finally got set and felt good. Uh, and he went 689 in his prelim. Mm-hmm. To then top it off with winning the meet with a 682, yeah, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, which puts puts us currently, you know, not to toot our own bell the whole time, but I mean, it, we're obviously proud of, proud of these guys 
We have the top three times in the. We don't want to ring our own horn here. No. Yes, we do right now. That's what I'm doing. Exactly what I'm doing. Mm. Shamelessly doing that right now. Yeah, and then uh, so top three times in in D three early early season again. We'll keep saying that, but um, you know six seven eight for Jalen, six eighty two for both London and Davian. And then you got Bobby tied for seventh with a six eight eight. Bobby um, went six eighty eight. Aaron six ninety. Yep. Um, the cool thing there is six ninety in like the past five years has always gotten in. Um, and so if you were to count that right now, we would have five guys going to Nats. Um, that's unheard of. Do I think that 690 will get in? No, I, I don't think so. Right. This year. Because right now here's what's crazy. 690 is 14th and they take the top 20 to Nats. So you have the whole year, uh, to get into the top 20. That's what it takes for nationals. For, for Division three for men, women, um, inside, it's the top 20. Top 20 measurables. Yep. Is, so is Men and women are the same? I thought they were different. Indoors are the same. They're outdoors, the same. it goes right. 20 men and 22 women. Okay, that's right. Um, but indoors, it's 2020. And, you know, usually, once again, the 690 gets in. Um, but I just think because of the COVID years and having that extra semesters, uh, having the extra semesters, an extra year, you got like fifth, sixth, Shoot, there might even be some seventh years out there um, that are back and wanting to have another year. I mean, is it a lot of people? No, but I would actually, I mean, obviously I would argue that there's more now than ever. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. we've never been in this position. And then so, in the next year or two, it's going to be one of the thinnest probably because so many people are finally graduating mm-hmm. and moving on after their COVID stuff. Probably, probably not in the next two. I'd say the next four. It's probably going to be pretty deep the next few oh, true, years. Because remember, if you're a freshman, yeah. last year didn't even... If you were a freshman last yeah, it's year, take four years for it that. didn't even... And none of it even through. counted last year. So yeah. you get another free year after this yep. just to compete. Yep. Um, so it's going to be heavy. I think it's total. I think it's going to be heavy. So my opinion, whoever places high, does well this season as, as a team... Um, this is the deepest it's going to be, or probably the deepest it's ever been, I would imagine, just by off of the obvious numbers of what COVID, COVID has created. So mm-hmm. um, do I think a 690, which usually gets in? I don't think so this year. Think I think it's a, a 688. I think it's a 688. Yeah. And there might even be uh, Bobby. a, a group of them. A group of the 688s might not even get in. I just have a gut feeling that it's going to take something pretty dang fast. Um, and yeah. let's say that there's... Because the start of the season. Let's say that so there's fast. five guys that run 688 and it's you know 17 18 19 20 21 the last guy of those five in the 688 if everybody declares they won't go so i think they'll i think it'll be a split i think they'll be at 688 and, and i think that somewhere. some will go and some will not what's the tie break for on that Why they just go to the second the next, fast. Best, next best time okay Yep. They just so, go to the next best qualifying time. So it doesn't have to be right. at a different meet. It could be the prelim oh, of sure. that said meet or the prelim of a, of a different meet. So mm-hmm. they just basically take the next best mark. Got it. Um, and I think they honestly just kind of keep going down until in some crazy war, you know, some circumstance, like it goes to a coin flip. Um, but you have to get down to that doesn't a happen while. Often. Yeah, that, it, it would way. be almost impossible for it to happen. Yeah. Um, but regardless, that was uh, that was the 60 there. Uh, pretty fun stuff. Um, 
the 200 we highlighted with with Liz, I thought she had a great meet with that 2648. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which ironically, if you convert that to like a bank track, that's a 25 high, um, which is really impressive for her. Um, on the other side of the coin for the guys, um, we had some some big time marks. I think we had probably eight to ten guys all break 23, so all 22 points. Here um, you go. And then the highlight of the meet was once again. Mr. Little, uh, London decided to his, you know, just run his first collegiate meet in the 200 ever at home, uh, just break the school record. So he ran 2177 on a flat 200 meter track. And I have not seen that type of time, uh, by a freshman in a long time. That was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, you'll see your juniors and seniors, you know, later on in the seasons, or maybe they can pop off early. But um, he's the type of sprinter that just makes running look smooth, easy. Like anybody yeah, could just like, go out there and like do you it. and I could do that, right? Yeah. He reminds yeah. me a lot of us. Um, so it's. It's impressive to just honestly see this kid push out, feel smooth. You know, technically, we still have some things that we can work on to be more efficient of a sprinter. Um, you and I hope but, we could run 100 that fast nowadays. Okay. We, we can't run a 21-second 100-meter <laughs> dash. We'll take him. You know we'll what? Fine. Okay, I'll, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Let's just, real quick, real quick. Give me. I'll give you 10 seconds to think about an answer, and then give me your answer. If if London runs the two hundred, uh, no, yeah, if London runs the two hundred, how many meters back from the from the finish can you be before you get beat? Like, is it one sixty? You're asking how much of a head start will I need to still? Sure, sure, sure. That's probably a easier way to look at it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Probably. Like, what would be your guess? I think if I ran a one fifty, I could get in around twenty one. Yeah. So I need a 50 meter lead. <laughs> you 50 meter lead. And I, I don't know. And you're an like, athlete. Like you're not like neither of us are particular. Okay. After we go past 150, we're gonna look pretty bad. But we might be able to run 150 meters still. Yeah, I could do it. Wouldn't, um, it wouldn't be. We'd we'd probably puke at the end. Like that's. Oh, I, we're, we're not gonna after one 150. We're not gonna puke. Do you see what you and I consume? You you're normally these, not. You mean these cookies? <laughs> And your monsters. These are these are protein cookies. <laughs> these are protein cookies from the Little Debbie Isle. This is uh this is That's herbal an drink. green tea. Yeah, this it's herbal green tea. Green tea. <laughs> anyway, uh, shout out to Aaron Richardson. He ran a twenty two sixteen. Um, Robert ran a twenty two thirty two. A couple guys in the twenty two fours. It was a good day. Boat it was a great day. Arjay. I was I was very. Once again, I was very, very excited to see how well we ran for the training we put in. Hold on. Jonathan Wilburn, this. though, 2266. The triple jumper. Yeah. he, he uh, Getting out there. Well, that one, I mean, he doesn't really train that much with us. That's just... He's an athlete. That's just God-given. He's just an athlete. So, yeah. <laughs> just... I can't even get... I'm not getting credit or giving credit my, to myself in any of these, but definitely, definitely not that one. He just... <laughs> I just said, hey, you want to run a two? And he's like, yeah, all right. And then he... You know, just decides to run twenty two six, just you know, casually. Um, yeah, <laughs> real great coaching over here. Yeah, nice. Um, well, you put him in. That's next great. one we had uh, Brenna. Um, shout out again. 
Uh, the second meet, she PR'd again. Uh, went 13.23 in the shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what that is in feet. Oh, Lord, can you um, pull it up for me? I sure can. I we think need it's like 40, cheater, 42. 43, 43, five. 43 feet, 5 A 43.5 burger. Just um, that big old spherical piece of metal. Just yeah, I think it. they're plastic inside, but... Yeah, that's true. This is I, that's true. Shot. Maybe she threw an outdoor one. <laughs> Maybe. Don't tell Daryl is facilities. <laughs> we had her throw an actual just large stone that we found yeah. outside, and she Times are she's tough. Scottish game style. So <laughs> proud of her. Yeah, no, that's uh, but awesome no, that's mark. that's a big time mark for her. Um, and her, she's still going to keep growing. She's going to keep building. She's just a sophomore. That's uh, um, this is her first year throwing rotation ever. Um, and she's crushing her lifetime best. That so, is second in D3 um, right now, I think. Oh, that's cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, I think it'll take probably like safely, probably a 1350s mm-hmm. to get into nationals. So sure. she's got a little bit more, you know, room to, to work into. But just starting um, rotational throwing. I mean, she's oh, doing yeah. so, I mean, she, she, you would think she she's just going to keep going, just mm-hmm. getting better and better. You know, but she had a nice, crossed. nice day in weight too. Real nice day in weight. Not yeah. quite, not comparatively maybe not quite as impressive, but also she's just she's just PRing there too all the time. And she's obviously just a sophomore. She's you know, just trending in the right direction. If you get a sophomore throwing sixteen, you know, to start off the season, that's pretty impressive. And a lot of this goes to our our throws coach this year, uh, Brittany, Coach Sykes. Um, she has a very uh, descriptive, methodical, um, you know you know, there's chaos to the throws and she does a very good job of organizing thoughts and skills and drills, mm-hmm. uh, to getting to have her throwers, uh, hit some, some pretty big marks and they have just drank it in. They really have like, they are like, I think a, a, a 70% roughly of her, of the team has already PR. That's like seniors down to, to freshmen from lifetime best, uh, in their, in their craft here. Um, and a lot of it, in my opinion, once again, just just goes to show that her her knowledge of the events and the transition that these athletes have had uh, to now having her as the coach, it's impressive. I mean, it really is. So, you know, hats off to her. Hats off to that crew. Keep, you know, working and building, building. and learning and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just stay <clears throat> humble, hardworking, stay focused, keep learning. And my goodness, that, that crew is going to do so much this year for us. So I'm excited to see as they, as they continue to grow. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, talk about guy we just mentioned too, in the 200 Jono. I mean, Jonathan Wilburn in the triple, not that he's, I mean, we've seen it before the 15 meter jumps. We know he's capable of it, but just good to see him hit 15 meters exactly on the dot in the triple uh, at home. And I, I think he just like hit 15 meters and just said, you know what? That's a day. Called it a day. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. You got to stop touching stuff, man. Just like, yeah, it's just. It's this hard. is why we need the little mics around the mic. The 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 mic around the mic. The, the thing. The thing with the, the stuff. The the yeah 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 yeah. I don't think that'll help. We need the thing that make. No, I just need to stop touching the table. That's what I need. Yep. So, anyways, John though popped a uh, in in the tarpal in the tarpal jump as you call it. The uh, a nice fifteen meter jump, which is what is that? That's just shy like of forty nine and some change. Forty nine and some change. Yeah. He basically told me, "He's like, coach, I just want to see fifteen meters. If I hit fifteen, I'm done." And he did it in prelims, and then he said, "I'm done." And <laughs> I said, "Okay." And then he said, "I'm gonna run a two hundred now." And, and he, he said, did. Okay. 
he's he's a senior. <clears throat> he knows what he's doing. Um, right now, he just wanted to kind of see that that measurable from an optics perspective to just make himself feel better going into the next semester. Mm-hmm. So big time plans for him though. Cause he's just clearly getting faster and stronger and more understanding of the sport of the event. Um, I'm going to try to put him in more twos, maybe even some fours. Um, he actually ran fours in high school. Um, and I don't want him to just feel stagnant and triple jump. You know, we can't triple every week. So um, if I can keep working on his speed, working on his, his rhythm and his you know positions, biomechanically it's just going to transfer over to the triple um and i think the 400 does that very well because you have to learn to run with you know a a sense of urgency but it's smooth it's relaxed it's maintaining mm. it's hitting those rhythms like you should be able the best 400 runners can run almost with a stoic expression on their face and they're just rhythmic and they they feel the ground with every step but they're as efficient as possible you know they're not gripping they're not straining um, and that's what you need on the runway for, for, yeah. uh, long and triple. So recommend to the high school coaches out there, just high schoolers <clears throat> or just any athlete coach. Um, don't be afraid to put your jumpers in those twos and fours, especially where it can help them just be more coordinated and sprinting. Mm. Uh, they don't need to be 60 meter, hundred meter burners, uh, getting them some, some, uh, some sprint work that has a good rhythm and flow to it. Like the two and especially the four does, um, it's extremely helpful. So we're going to put it in that. I like that. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what do you say we do? I know last week on, or last week, well, whatever, kind of last week, but uh, last episode on the podcast, we did a little bit of a uh, national track and field scene where we compared D1, D2, D3, kind of all together. And it's mostly like our D3 versus, you know, not versus, but sort of how they would how they would fare in the Across upper Across all divisions. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we only do this once again to amplify, just to show, mm-hmm. you know, coaches, athletes, high school, college, what have you. Um, and to give some shout-outs. Of course, give some shout-outs. You know, I think it's imperative that, make our especially division look with good. what we're going to talk about in the next session section here, um, just showing people what can happen measurably in Division Three. So people understand that, you know, this is a this is a a division that has amazing potential measurably. So uh, we'll kick start it here in the the men's eight hundred. Uh big time shout out to Mike Jasa. And all of Loris. They're man, they had they had a they had a good meet. They they're they they're looking to, good. Yep. They went over to Dubuque. Um and they had two big standouts. Um Mike was one of them. Um, he ran a 150.13 on a flat 200 meter track. Um, and then his teammate, maybe look this up for me. Yeah. His teammate, uh, I think his name's Ryan Harvey. Um, go to the mile mile. Actually, they had another guy in the eight. Yeah. Um, in the mile here, Ryan Harvey went 410.50, guy, uh, as a freshman, on a flat 200 meter track. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, Harder. they had another guy also. in, uh, run a one fifty two seventy seven. but for Mike, Jason, the one fifty point one three converts down to like a one forty eight and some change. Yeah. What did um, you say? One forty eight fifty eight. One forty eight fifty eight. That would convert to a banked or 300 meter track, which would be ranked two. number two in all divisions combined, uh, to start off the year. So just food for thought. When you start to talk about these things that, if he were to have ran that on a bank track or a um, a 300 meter track, he would have easily been sub 150. That's still inside people. So just 
shout out to him. You know, Ryan Harvey, I, like I said, the, the 410. That would probably drop down to like a 406, 407 probably. Um, and then Carter, that he went like a 152.7, which would probably go into like a 151 and some change. That 407 would be even in D3 would slot right into like a top seven, eight time. Right now. And, and yeah. in those top seven, eight, you're seeing schools like Indiana, Iowa, a whole bunch of Indiana, Texas A&M, Wisconsin. They're, they're in this list here. So just something that's really, really special. So shout yeah. out to those guys. Um, that was awesome to see because it, it only helps once again, just amplify and echo what we've been saying here that division three, division two, NAIA junior college. Um, there's, there's some high quality times that are ran. And so it's, it's valuable to know that yes, of course, division one is going to have more saturation at a high level, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen in other divisions. So I wanted to give them, you know, big time props. Um, and then we'll even talk with our own crew. Yeah. Um, go these ahead and next, take the next one. If these you want. next two, we kind of next, both of the next two, we kind of covered a little bit, but I mean, you, you look at our, our women in the, the 800 and all three of those girls would be in top 10 times, uh, after you convert the times up for a, uh, oversized bank track, they'd all slot right into a top 10 time in division like one again, two eleven, yeah, two elevens. They all went like two thirteen to two fourteen, which would be mm-hmm. around that two eleven range sure. to start off the season, which is pretty cool. And it's just, um, sorry it's, to interrupt you, but no, it's that, that's perfect because I I probably wouldn't have been able to tell them all that. Um, you're just so much better at fast firing numbers out. <laughs> you have the conversions more in your head than I do, but uh, no, those three girls, it's yeah. so fun to watch. They're they're just gonna keep pushing them each other. They're gonna be every practice, every meet. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just something cool. It's so cool to watch that when they get a chance to just keep pushing each other. It's cool when you see it from two different teams, maybe in the same conference, which happens a lot for us, but. On the same team. Well, too. now you got a three-headed monster there, so it's cool to see the trio of those. It's just going to be those girls yeah. uh, just working together and building. And it's still early, so oh, uh, yeah. and they they you know they go to Oshkosh, so that's super helpful for us. Yeah, that that we like. That uh, we like. That we like. Um, uh, go ahead with the last one. Yeah, yeah, and then the men's uh, two hundred meter dash too. I mean, we we mentioned how the sixty and the two hundred were just having some great success, both men and women, but especially at the very top top end uh, national stage on the men's side. Um, London with that 2177. Oh, I don't think we wrote, I didn't write. I, I, I remember the conversions for these, uh, London's 2177 on a bank or 300 meter track would be a 2139, 39. Yeah. Which, uh, goes which would be would you write, top six mm-hmm. in, in D one at the moment. Once again, this is still early. Not a lot of teams have competed. We're not trying to say a 2139 is going to be a top six time in division one. We're not saying that. Or we're simply saying that's maybe but, correct, but, but we uh, are saying that it's a time that is what's being ran in division one. He's currently six with those other schools so he that have in. competed. So he it's not like the, he's just in the top. Exactly. End. Well, even, even the next guy, Aaron Richardson, he goes mm-hmm. 22, 16, which would convert to a 21, 76, 20, which would be once again, a top 15 time mm-hmm. to start off the year. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. So that was pretty dang special. Um, and I think they're both going to get faster along with everyone else. You know, not many people have debuted. But once again, we're just sharing that it's it's pretty awesome to see that you can find those types of times in all divisions. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to give respect to NAIA Division Two Junior College. Of course. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just awesome to know that tracks a measurable sport, people. Um, so we like to make sure that we're, we're doing a little comparison con- and tra- contrasting from a friendly you know, perspective, 
um, just to make sure you guys get to see that it happens across all divisions with some pretty big talent. So cool. Um, anyway, cool. Next something, segment. Something you wanted to t- tip uh, to touch on. There mm, we go. Okay. Something that we wanted tip, to touch, touch on. Talk to. Talk, yeah. Whatever. You know. Tiptoe around. Whatever. Okay. Um, but we were gonna talk a little bit. We'd been talking earlier before we decided to do a podcast tonight um, about recruiting, like recruiting in general. And you thought it'd be a good thing to talk, kind of uh, from a, from a recruit standpoint and athlete standpoint high school athlete standpoint you know things like what can they expect from coaches you know what are what are coaches going to want what are coaches going to want to see from them um things that could you know should you reach out to a coach should you wait for them to reach out to you how to market yourself things like that so let's just let's just dive right into that we're just gonna dive in man Let's just pencil yeah. pencil dive. Or are we diving in? Is that how you do a pencil dive? With well, your I think you go this way, like because it's like your feet go first. I think but... you're trying to do the YMCA right now. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, whatever, whatever you got. It man. was yeah, it was good. It was really if good. It, if it feels so good. If, we, if I had a sound bite, hold on. Yeah, there we go. I got the right one that time. Um, but yeah, let's so take that. So away from <laughs> somebody should. So okay, so what what should a recruit a high school athlete you know junior, senior, typically, um, what should they be expecting that a coach is going to ask of them? What is a coach going to want to see? What is a coach looking for? What are you as a coach looking for? Should I just keep talking and you can just keep doing that? I think if whenever you're ready. To, oh, yeah, go ahead. I, th- I, get, I, I think I'm I'll getting what you're putting. I think I'm smelling what you're stepping in. Mm-hmm. Um, so to preface this, I wanted to bring this up because um, – it was actually a new thing I found on Twitter where you can get these like little group conversations going um, and you have a host and they can create this live tr- chat. Um, and there was like a recruiting uh, chat that I jumped into where there was a host of college coaches and then they um, allow people to speak on it. That's also the host and they would do some Q&A and they would do a lot of things of uh, of that nature, you know, letting athletes even ask those questions. So I just thought it was be, I thought it would be nice to just bring up what I see from a recruiting perspective, um, of what to expect from athletes and what athletes should expect from coaches. Um, just to help everybody kind of understand the next steps for those high school athletes, high school coaches to help get those kids to that next level, you know, regardless of division. So, um, you know, so for starters, what to expect from coaches, um, high schoolers, you know, be ready to know your SAT, ACT scores, your GPA, you know, nothing is more frustrating or confusing if a coach asks you what your GPA is and you genuinely don't know. And if you do know, and it, and it's not quite where you'd like it to be, or you think you can do better. Don't, don't lie though. Nothing probably worse than right. a coach. Don't round up. Um, just don't just it, say I have a three is. point. I mean, every, every time it's like, I have a three. And it's like, okay, well, three point what? Or mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's close to a three, and then it's a two point six. You know, long story short, be be honest, be honest, be specific, because it's only going to then help that coach, you know, navigate those waters with you. Um, we we would hope that a college coach just wouldn't shut their doors and just completely disconnect from you. That would be pretty pretty well, rude. And um, pretty but much once again, you want to have. You want to know, like, and if you don't know, go to your guidance counselor and know what your cumulative GPA is, especially out of a 4.0 scale. Some of you have 5.0s. And so understanding that 
most colleges are going to look at you and say, what's your GPA cumulatively start from your freshman year all the way to now um, of where, whatever you're, you are right now in school. And then having that test score, you want to know that like the back of your hand. Um, so that's the first one. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. I didn't, I was about to cut you off. So extra sorry on my point. Um, but what I was going to say is, uh, don't, don't be afraid if, if it's not, if your GPAs could be better, if you're working on it and you're really putting some effort or whatever, however it is, if it's not quite where you want it to be, don't be afraid to tell a college coach, don't lie to them because, Hey, they want to help you too. They want to, they want to see if they can, they want the best for you. So mm-hmm. they, you got to give them the information so they can try to help you the best. Uh, there's some, all college coaches want all high school athletes to succeed both on the, the field of play or the track, whatever you want to call it, um, and in the classroom. So we're sure. all we're all concerned, especially D3. I don't want to say not D1. Sorry. All of us are really concerned as athletics, uh, uh, you know, school, and then also just as a person too. We all want to see you guys all succeed. So it's right. well, uh, let me help you out here. Sure. So one thing to think about is let's say that there's this school that's on your mind. It's a four-year institution and you want to get there. You find out that academically it's not in the cards for you um, or that maybe a four-year four-year institution just isn't in the cards for you. Those coaches, if they really want you, they're going to help try to get you there in some way, shape, or form at some point in time. They have junior college buddies <clears throat> That will then say, hey, I can't get you in right now, but you should look at so-and-so junior college or you should take a junior college route. Uh, You get to basically rebrand yourself. You get to start from scratch and you get to rebuild because if you go junior college, which is going to have academically easier um, standards to get in, but then financially it's typically uh, more cost effective, then you can use those two years to compete at the junior college level and then transition to that four-year school that you wanted. So then you can boost your GPA up. You can still run collegiately. Um, and ironically, uh, in college track, you compete against everybody during regular season. So at Division One, Two, Three, NAI Junior College, you can compete against each other um, at Opens, even in Invitationals. You know, it only separates out, obviously, when you go to your conference championships or your national championships. So mm-hmm. um, something to think about. Those coaches want to help you. If they really want you, they're going to say, hey, go to so-and-so junior college i have their contact info this is where you can go get a year of experience under your belt maybe two and then we'll get you here on the back end so that's a big time plus um so hopefully that kind of helps you know yeah obviously pick up what you were trying to say was we all want you to to succeed we really do if it's Mm -hmm. not at our place we're going to find somebody that's going to get you to that next step and if you struggled you're going to have to you know own that you're gonna have to be honest but then if you really want to change for the better we can get you into opportunities to let you showcase that and actually remedy, you know, your, your situation or your, your issues that you had in high school. So definitely big one there. Um, from a measurables perspective. So this is a big one in track. Uh, it is measurable. So telling a coach that you ran, you know, said time and, you find they find out. Oh, I just did it myself. Mm. Uh, mm. They find that you tell them, yeah, that yeah, I I ran a two hundred and I ran a twenty two six. That's what my coach had me at is a twenty two six. We're gonna red flag that because we're gonna say that's a hand time. If your coach had you at twenty two six, what are they timing you on? You know, we want FAT times. We want meets. We want you to be able to perform it when. There's competition and a legitimate measuring tool 
Um, so that way we can obviously measure you across the board. So making sure that you're providing FAT times, that you are providing, you know, meet marks that's that that we can see online. That's that's extremely important. You know, don't tell coaches that you ran this time and it was a hand time or my dad got me over the summer or my coach had me at this. Um, it's just not going to fly. It's just not something that in this day and age, especially with everything being published and everything being recorded, we're going to know. Um, so once again, honesty is the best policy. It's so much better to say, Hey, you know, if you're a 200 meter guy and it's like, Hey coach, I ran a 23, one eight last year. And I'm, I, I know I can break 23 with what I've been looking at from a training perspective. You know, I'm going to go 22s. That's so much better to hear than just saying, yeah, I, my coach had me at a 22, seven in practice the other day. So, uh, on top of that mm -hmm. relay splits, um, for to my opinion, they're trivial. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really interested in what you ran on a four by one split um, for obvious reasons. I don't know what leg you were. Uh, it's clearly a hand time again. You know, if you're the lead off leg, you're typically running shorter in distance traveled compared to the two leg who's probably running 110 meters on their leg relative to the lead off who's probably only going 90. You know, so just small things like that, um, that, you know, we, we, try to make sure we remind you that a relay split is just not something that we're going to say, Hey, that's going to equate to this. We don't have that measurable. So, um, if you're wanting to run track in college and you're a relay kid, you need to talk to your high school coach to make sure that you are getting an opens. Mm -hmm. Um, and what, however good or bad they are, FAT timing. Yeah. You got to get into <clears throat> FAT and you got to get into opens or else it's just not going to be in the cards is, for you. We just don't know what, we don't know what your splits mean. Uh, and within a game of measurables that is track and field, it's just quick to back up the bus throw. FAT is fully, fully automated timing, which is going to be, they're going to have some sort of little camera, usually a tent down by the uh, finish line with a guy behind or two behind a computer, um, instead of people with a stopwatch, which is typically going to be all your invites, yep. some smaller meets, your quads, your triangles, your duels. Those are going to still be hand-timed in Wisconsin and other places, what, too. What time are we at real quick, just so I can get all this covered? In yeah, sure. Um, probably about 45. Okay. Um, so next one. Um, well, I guess what to expect from coaches. We went through SAT, GPA, ACTs, yeah, measurables, relay splits. Yeah, the next um, one, our next one is like we were talking about. Should an athlete reach out to coaches that they're interested in going? Is that a, is that a good way to go, or should sure. they let their you know let their times their measurables do the talking and and hope that the coach reaches out to them? Is there somewhere yep. in between? What what do you like? What do you think? So so my answer to this is is obviously reach out. Um, you know, once again, college is not just about sports. You want to go to the right fit. It's got to be about the program academically. It's got to be about the program. Uh, in track, of course, too. It's got to be about location, fit, feel, financial viability. So reaching out is definitely what you need to do. Um, at shows the same time, put together, put forth some more effort. Too. Correct. Just it shows us, hey, that person's interested. They want to do this. We're not trying to beg them to come out for track. Right. W one thing to think about too, and I guess this is where sitting and waiting. I, I would mean this: if you're looking at somebody, if you're sorry, if you're looking at your next experience in college, um, and you don't know exactly what you're looking for, there is nothing wrong with sitting and waiting as long as you have your information available to be able to be seen and read. So 
sitting and waiting isn't obviously a bad idea. You don't have to pick your five schools and say, these are the five I got to go to. You know, feel free to be patient, sit and wait to see what schools do come to you. Cause that's also a big one because now you know that colleges are looking at you. They want you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's okay to sit and wait, just be, be able to provide that information, um, and, and be able to cast that out into the, the online pool. So, uh, um, so for example, uh, sorry, did you want to say something? No, no, go ahead. I was going to recap it at the end, but go ahead. Oh, um, so more or less what we mean by that is like, you need to market yourself. Um, are there websites that you can, you know, pay money to, to put you on a recruiting database? Uh, yes, there are. Um, do you have to pay for them? Yeah, usually. Uh, are they necessary? No, not at all. I, I would argue that your best friend honestly is social media. Um, and with that, my opinion is Twitter is the best way to do this. It seems to be the um, most like the Twitter's most professional. Becoming, it's like, it's like you said, the new, uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. Yeah. Twitter is becoming the new place that you put your profile and you have people look at you for whatever direction you want them to see you. So a lot of times for high schoolers have your Twitter be your athletic page, have it be where you can network and connect. Cause so many coaches are on Twitter because it's a way that they can they can see what you have as far as you know likes and interests of course but it shows that your your measurables can be put on there and you can be DM'd like you can be requested to speak through that way so you need to make sure that you're using social media and I highly 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 recommend Twitter and it's as easy as this create your Twitter account put a, your own picture up there uh, put an action shot I don't really care Put your name down and have your Twitter handle be your name so it's easier to find you. Mm-hmm. And then finally, just even on the <clears throat> intro, you can literally put your name, you can put your school. GPA, you can put mm-hmm. your high school, you can put your phone number, you can put your email address, you can put your measurables down that you've ran, you can put you know, you can put tape on there, you can put your huddle account on there. Everything should be on there. And then make sure that you allow people to message you. Yeah, you know, that's, that's something too. Don't block your account or lock your account out. Keep it open. Keep it obviously professional. Don't be retweeting crap that you shouldn't be retweeting and posting some things that are controversial. Don't do that. Keep it apolitical. If Keep you can. it. <laughs> yep. Keep it all within a business perspective. And believe it or not, you'll be surprised. You'll be shocked at how many college well, coaches reach out to you that way. Well, uh, us coaches too. I mean, we we want to talk to as many athletes as we can, you know, especially the ones that we're interested in their measurables. And it is very nice if we can find an athlete without having to go with the workaround of talking to the coach to get in a contact info or because what we'll do is if we if if uh, if John Doe is here and we see him on say athletic.net, hey, nice time, nice distance, nice height, whatever it might be. All right, let's look them up. First thing we'll do is probably check Twitter. If we see you there, we're probably going to message you. If not, then we have to go some more avenues of, hey, let's see if we can find his coach's uh, contact info to try to get a hold of him that way. If not, we're looking through the athletic director. Right. We'll we'll, fi- we'll find you one way or another to try to talk to you, right. try to reach it's, out. But It's um, still hard, though. Like yeah. I'd put it this way. my here's, my here's my process of elimination that I use. One, I'll go to either milesplit or athletic.net or mm-hmm. whatever the measurable database is. Let's just take, you know, our surrounding areas, whether it's Wisconsin or Illinois, I'll go on like, on like athletic.net mm-hmm. and I'll look at times. Um, I'll go through state meet results on mile split. 
Um, and a lot of times coaches will even like pay for the account to watch the videos of sectionals and state meets to be able to recap how well you did if you qualified. Um, or just once again, athletic.net is going to show all those measurables. So then we pick out, we circle, okay, we like this cluster of times this person has ran. We start to see in between the ins and outs of the races that you've ran. Um, and we want to find you. So then obviously we'll take your name and then we'll put you into, basically we'll put you into Google. So let's say if you're a 400 meter runner, you're a girl, you ran a 58 and you have a cluster of some 59s behind your 58 and you have a couple minute flats and you have like a 26 low, 25 high and you're two. We're going to say, okay, we like the, we like the numbers that she's been hitting. We like where her floor is. Let's go find her. So we're going to take your name. We're going to take your high school. We're going to throw it into Google. Um, and we're going to be able to see if you, you know, where on any recruiting databases, we're going to usually see if your Twitter will pop up or an Instagram, what have you. I'm not a big fan of finding people through Instagram because it's not, um, but, but it's well, not really conducive. I, I feel mm-hmm. like you, you have a harder time trying to get people to read the messages on Instagram, but it can be done. It can be done hundred yep. percent. Facebook um, too. I, Facebook too. I mean, um, mm-hmm. but overall I would say Twitter is the easiest one. Yeah. Cause that's usually where you get to see most more professional, of the, that most way professional too. way too. It feels more um, professional for us to do it that way too. Right. As a coach. Correct. I don't like to reach. I don't want to go to somebody's uh, Instagram and it's a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff because Instagram like is a lot more friendly, relaxed, personal type stuff. Personal stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't like I that. I prefer not to, too. Um, I really don't so like doing that. Twitter's definitely the, the number one on that from a social media perspective. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, <clears throat> If we can't find you on social media or a recruiting database, then we have to go to your state's high school database. So we'll go to the school directory. So if you're in Illinois, we're going to go to IHSA. We're going to go to the school directory, and then we're going to email your high school coaches and try to get you through that way. You know, is it 100%? No. You know, sometimes high school coaches are not involved in the school, and they put down an email that is not uh, something that they update or keep uh, in, or check. And so we kind of lose you there. So um, once again, if you want to play the sitting and waiting game, have an account that can be easily found that has your information on it and check those DMs, check those, um, you know, check that private Twitter, message. private messages and stuff, because mm-hmm. that's how coaches can definitely reach out to you. And they you will. Know, what coaches cannot do is just type in, you know, publicly um, Hey, we're looking for so-and-so like you can't do that. Really? The, the NCAA rules are basically, you can tap, not type. So if you're a prospect, you know, we can't just, you know, message you publicly in front of everyone. We can't can message you privately. We can't comment on your posts. We can't do anything in that range. We can tap meaning like we could like it, like, but we can't, uh, um, you can't retweet it either. Right. I think you can retweet. It's the, the rule that they say is tap, don't type. Okay. So you cannot write like, congratulations. It's so awesome to see this. Yada, yada, yada. No, you can privately message people. Cause it's just like if you were to give a phone call or to send them an email or to send you a, uh, you know, a, a text message what ha- or what have you. Um, but you know, we're going to try to reach out to you through that direction, especially for me. I just work seniors. I work the senior class. Um, I don't really work any lower than that. If you're, if, if it, let's just say for this year, I'm really only talking to seniors that are going into their track season. You know, that's what I do. I don't, I don't reach out to freshmen, sophomores, juniors. It's very rare. Um, I'm usually just going to the next class. Mm-hmm. Um, so just food for thought on that, you know, be prepared to start looking around here. But basically once the track season is over, uh, you know, for example, this past outdoor season, when 2021's graduated and they're done, 
right when the summer hits, I'm looking for those upcoming seniors and I'm, you know, recruiting and talking to them right away. So I think it's, um, I think it's important. And it happens to, all the way through March. Yeah. Uh, April ish. Usually I should know what my recruiting class is by April. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, no. All I was going to say is, uh, you should you should take notice if coaches are reaching out to you trying to get in contact with you and or your parents you know to talk to you and family possibly um they're making a big effort you know that's it's a lot of work to recruit it's a lot of work it's a lot of busy work to try to to get information and to talk to people and and to reach out and show hey we are interested in having you come to school here and be a part of our team um so if they're reaching out to you to get information and then give you a call shooting you an email, however you like to do it, however they like to do it, however it kind of comes to an agreement there. That's, that's a big thing. Um, now if you're to take it a step further, if a coach, a college coach shows up at one of your meets to watch you run or compete, I should say, um, that's another, that's a whole nother deal because we are very busy at the same time. You guys Mm -hmm. are very busy. We have practices. A lot of times you guys have meets. We have Friday, mostly Saturday meets though, but Friday meets too, Friday night meets. So, um, if a college coach finds a way to make it to one of your meets to in person, uh, see you run and hopefully get a chance to, you know, shake hands and introduce themselves face to face a little bit, take notice. That is yeah. someone that is very interesting. You know, in especially you. when you go into your, to your search, your college search, you're going to have a list of schools. You're going to have like your dream schools. You're going to have your schools that you think you can, you know, muster to get into academically or athletically show your promise or your merit. You're going to have those schools that are, you know, your local schools that you know you can get into. And then there's always kind of like not a fallback school, but it's like, hey, I know that this is a route for me. Um, And we all get and understand that, you know. Overall, though, you know, when you start to go through your premise here as far as a college search, um, the coaches that are interested in you, you will know they are interested in you. Mm -hmm. Um, They will show that in return. So whether they find you or whether that you reach out to them and they get back to you, um, it's a little bit like dating. I mean, in all honesty, <laughs> you know, you're you're trying to, you know, feel out how they feel about you, how you feel about them. Um, and my honest you know, opinion on this is be polite, be cordial, um, be always respond, be honest, always respond back, even if it's Hey coach, thanks for the opportunity, but I'm looking a different direction. I appreciate it. That coach, unless they are, in my opinion, unless they're very inept on how to recruit, uh, they're just simply going to say, Hey, no problem. If anything changes, for getting back just let me know. And yeah. thank you so much for getting back to, you know, to me. And they'll just check off your name saying they reached out. It wasn't in the cards. And then they move on to the next athlete. Um, I would say though, that, most of the time, unless you're starting to narrow down like your top three, entertain any and all offers and opportunities. Um, and coaches should be doing the same there too. And I think that that's what's kind of sad is, you know, we ask athletes to keep an open mind, but coaches won't. Um, mm-hmm. And I think sometimes coaches can shoot themselves in the foot because a kid that asked to join uh, a team in, you know, October is a completely different human being in May when it's all said and done at the state championships and they go, ah, I really dropped the ball on that kid. So, Mm -hmm. um, I keep my door open all the time, um, until we start to get down to finishing up our recruiting classes. So, um, hopefully it goes both, both ways there. So just food for thought on that with, with your premise of speaking with coaches, 
keep an open mind. You know, coaches should be doing the same. And then finally, uh, you know, be open with your communication and dialogue because it's only going to help those coaches know where you stand and you should be expecting the coaches to do the same thing for you saying, Hey, thanks so much for reaching out. Here's our standards. Here's what we're looking for. Um, if somebody is not hitting my standards, for example, I'll tell them, I'll give them the standard. And then I'll say, of course, the year is young and we're interested regardless. We would like to see how you continue to develop and how you can continue to grow. Uh, and we'll see how, um, you know, how much you want, you know, to be, at this institution and we're going to try to find a way to get you here as well to compete. Um, but at the end of the day, it is true. Like there's going to be some exclusivity on, on universities, just like it's, you know, athletes are going to be exclusive on which schools that they choose. So that's why it is a little mm -hmm. bit of a dating game and to see if it actually can be able to be shaked out and, and good to go. So um, both sides of the aisle, coaches and athletes should keep an open mind. Absolutely. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, no, that, that's that's you covered that really thoroughly. That's really good. That's good. Good. Um, how about we do a little bit of like um, what you highlighted right here? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can't you just let me just be cool about it? Like, oh, it just popped into my head. Now everybody's gonna know if they didn't already. Right, because in the camera they see you doing this. No, no, no. And no. then you go like this. Uh, but let's, let's no, see. Cause like, I'm looking even, at it. You even wrote like, look up and pretend to think. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. On the no, I teleprompter didn't. here. No, I didn't. Yeah. Look up. Who, who typed a period up, on pretend the, what to who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Um, no, I have it right in front of me so I can just side eye it real quick. I, I'm all slight like Decent. that, but all right. So let's getting into the comparing and contrasting divisions, programs, kind of talking about spoiler, sure. scout, spoiler, scholarships, Event emphasis. You want to talk about the transfer portal too? Some eye openers oh, that we've yeah. seen with that. Oh yeah, the old portal. The old portal. The transfer. portal where you get sucked into it and you go to a different dimension. Oh wow! And then you get spat back out at a different university. That and is you're like, eye opening. Whoa. That is eye opening. It's, you're uh, right. it's it's pretty crazy. So anyway, we'll we'll go um, comparing and contrasting divisions and programs. Um, I think the I, scholarship one was a, we talked about this a little bit. This is really interesting, kind of the way you point this out oh. and kind of the dollars and cents of available for some schools. So we will just stick to track. Um, I'm yeah. not going to go into football. Exactly. I'm not going to go into headcount scholarships. I'll give you a base idea if you want to know. Um, but more or less here, <clears throat> I wanted to say compare and contrast divisions slash programs, because that's a very vital word is programs. Mm -hmm. um, division is, is, is relative to also the program. Um, and we're going to give you reasons why. Um, so for starters, let's just talk about scholarships. Obviously, if it's division one, if it's division two, if it's NAIA junior college, they do have athletic scholarships. It means essentially that they can help pay for your college experience because of your athletic position. So, um, that is definitely an opportunity in division three. There are no athletic scholarships. Are there financial need? Are there academic? Absolutely. So don't think that just because Division Three does not have athletic scholarships that there isn't a financially viable package there that could even rival and beat schools that do offer. So just food for thought when it all comes about, just know that Division Three does not have any athletic dollars that are saying to you specifically, here you go, we're giving you X amount because you made our team and we want you here. So that's food for thought number one. Now, when you get into the specifics with scholarships, the one thing I would tell you about track is it's not 
a headcount scholarship-based system. What I mean by that is in sports like basketball and football, they have headcount scholarships at Division One, And that means that if they offer you a scholarship to go play football at an FBS school, for example, that is a full scholarship. They're taking care of, of it all. So that is a headcount scholarship. They cannot divvy those scholarships up. So that is for FBS schools. I do not know FCS or Division I AA or smaller divisions. I don't know that. I can't remember if it's headcount or if it's split. I don't want to reach out over my skis here. Uh, Division II and NAIA, they will give you split scholarships. They can divvy up their scholies. Um, and what they mean by that is when they divvy it up or if it's not headcount, for example, it's partial scholarships. Could they give you um, a full ride in tuition? Technically, sure. Um, but for example, uh, in Division II with scholarships, they're just a less number allowed than Division One, which means then in those types of scholarships, they're splitting them up amongst a number of people. So that's for team-based sports. Track and field at Division One, Division Two, NAIA, what have you, it's not headcount. And this is the biggest thing to remember. In football, I think it's like 90 scholarships for FBS. Like there's 90 of them, 90 Holy full cow. rides. Does that sound right? 90? I think it's, it's 90 or 80. Massive, it's it's something like. wild. Yeah. So that's giving 90 guys on that team fulls. You're good to go. So in college track, it is it is for the men's side for track and field. It's I think 12.4 or 12 and a half. Let's just say, you know, arbitrarily, it's just 12. Um, on the women's side for track, it's like 18, I think. And once again, I'm probably off on the number. Don't crucify me on this. I'm only just giving you that generalized number so people understand that it is not headcount and it is a small number of scholies. And that's if you're fully funded. So the LSUs of the world who are fully funded programs, I would imagine, can only still go up to that number. What's crazy is, is most schools are not fully funded. So that's just the most what that they is, offer. What does that mean by fully funded? It means that I'm actually not even sure on that one. It means that in the NCAA, you're only allotted to have 12 and a half and slash 18 scholarships. And what, that's it. What, what would you, that's oh, fully, fully funding, funded. Okay. Like gotcha. the school fully funds those scholarships. Oh, the school. Most does. schools okay. do not fully fund track. Right. Okay. Um, or a good amount of track them do scholarships. Not, correct. They do not fund not, that. Not the program, school. just the scholarships. Well, yeah. How, paint it how you will, but yes, from a <laughs> yeah, scholarship yeah. perspective, <laughs> Um, that is, that is something to remember. So for example, some smaller D ones, even though they technically get 18 on the women's side and 12 and some change on the men, don't be surprised do if they, their school just says, we're only going to give you eight scholarships on the men's side and to only give you 12 program. on the women's side. We're not going to fully fund you scholarship wise. So then think about it this way. That scholarship allotment has to go for cross country, indoor and outdoor track. Three sports, technically. All three, it's under the same scholarship allotment. Yep. They, they tie cross and track together. Um, and, and that's where it becomes very slim to none on these scholarships unless they're, once again, partialing them out. So now you can see why most kids in track don't get full rides because it's absolutely silly to put an entire scholarship on one kid when these universities are going to have track rosters on the men's side, women's side of like 60-odd kids. And they need to, yeah, unless your name happens to be like Sidney McLaughlin or something like that. 
Sure. I mean, and, and even then, I, I actually don't know. I, yeah, I don't know yeah. what Kentucky does. That's true. Yeah, you, know, you never like, know. Maybe I, I'm just guessing. And, <laughs> Make and it a I, joke more than anything. Correct. But, yeah. No, you're right. I, I That's a great question. I don't know that route. You, you know, hey, we're, we're humble D3 coaches, so I get the main nuts and bolts of scholarships. But all in all, what's kind of nice is Scully's, in my opinion, because of that reason, they're a double-edged sword. And as much as you get the opportunity to offer athletes, it also means that you're limited on who you can give it to. In Division Three, I don't have to worry about any of that. I'm telling athletes that you're coming here because you get the academic, athletic experience. We want you here. And we don't have to jostle around with this dollar to show you how much we want you here. We all want you equally the same, and it becomes tough. And I have buddies that are in scholarship institutions where they have to split hairs in order to figure out who they're going to pick because Mm -hmm. if you only have enough money to give one kid a partial out of the three that you have, and let's say it's a long jumper, well, you're only going to offer one of them. The other two are going to feel slighted and they don't want to be a walk-on at that institution. Then I'm going to get the other two. And if they were all relatively around the same ability, I get the other two, that one kid goes to that school and then I develop you up. And then I end up becoming a better outfit for you um, to wear. So once again, I know that's not 100% every time, but that's something that I could obviously say and, and be able to show and prove. It happens all the time. We mm-hmm. can name majority of our rosters like that. <laughs> sure. Um, and so that's something with scholarships is just be mindful that, you know, athletic-based scholarships, sure, like it's something to be proud of. It's something to know that that school is interested in you and if they're willing to offer you, great. Um, but don't expect that athletic scholarship to move mountains financially and think that, you know, if this school is saying, hey, we're going to give you $20,000 in an athletic scholarship and we're going to you know, get you here and it's great. And you're like, wow, that's awesome. Only to find out that the tuition, dorm room and meal plan of that institution, $60,000. Well, 60,000 minus your $20,000 athletic scholarship. And let's say they even give you another 10 in academic uh, to get you to $30,000 worth of scholarships. You're still shelling out 30 K a year Which is where still a lot you can find a school UW like Oshkosh for type. us. Exactly. <laughs> for us. Tuition fees for the year is like $7,700 a year. And that's with no scholarship. I can't give you any athletic money. But that's with no scholarship. Correct. That's what so just food hey, for thought with scholarship. Come here and be a part of our team. Yeah, we're plugging it in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, hey, so talk about it too a little bit. We were talking about a little bit of how it gets skewed too with that event emphasis um, with like cross kids, for example. Talk right. about that a little bit too. So this is where the program of divisions comes in too. Mm-hmm. When you look at institutions that have the opportunity to offer athletic dollars, this is where it gets a little tricky because that there's never, even if it's fully funded, there's never enough scholarships to really go around. And there's so many events in track and field and every institution across the country from a track and field perspective has limitations or no limitations. They have all facilities and equipment and what have you. Um, programs are also going to be niche, meaning that some are only going to really be distance heavy. Some might be sprints heavy. Some might be throws and jumps heavy. A lot of that has to do with the amount of scholarships they have, the facilities that they have. For example, if you're a smaller private division one school and you don't have much for, uh, uh, a field, uh, sorry, field event, 
uh, perspective, indoor. you don't have an indoor track, you don't have mm -hmm. pole vault, high jump really accessible, you're not going to put a lot of money in that. Right. Right? It's, it's so, playing chess a little bit. Exactly. It's playing you chess have, where you think you can succeed at. Exactly. And, and then on, is just trying to do the best for themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, if you are a coach that is biased towards a certain event group, you're going to recruit athletes that you want to coach. Sure. So if you're that multi-coach that got this job at, you know, random university, random state university, and you are once again, a multi-coach. Yeah, they're great. And they're going to say, well, we want to bring in a lot of jumpers and sprinters. That's what our brand is going to be here at random yeah. state university. They're a multi-coach. Yep. And then you have, you know, arbitrary tech across the street and, you know, they're <laughs> going to be more distance based because it's like, well, we don't have the bells and whistles of a track. We have to you know, take care of what we have. And I'm a distance coach. I'm going to put my money in distance. Mm -hmm. So even though it's a division one school or a division two or whatever school it is, even if it's a school that you're really aspiring to want to go to, they might not be the program for you. They might not be investing into your event and it's not, it's nothing against those schools, but every program is different. So that's something to really make sure you're asking those questions when it comes to saying, Hey, I really wanted to go to random state university only to find out that they don't really emphasize jumpers, you know, and I'm one of the top jumpers in the state. And I just realized that these other schools that I really didn't pay much mind to actually have exactly what I want in a program to develop me and build me into the best version of myself. So that's something that's extremely important when it comes to programs, event emphasis, and where they're putting their dollar. So don't just chase the division because you want to be division one or division two or whatever NAI, it doesn't really matter. Like once again, the program with the cost of attendance and that experience is going to be far more valuable than just circling that I need to go to this level of school based or just on division school in general. And you realize that it's honestly not for you. And, I and think, that goes to my third point, which I'll let you. I think uh, the other thing too is it's just like you, you should weigh, if you're not doing this, if you're not putting the total cost of school A, okay, they gave me a scholarship, bottom line, here's what I pay. School B, they didn't give me a scholarship, they're Division three or something, here's what I pay. You should know that because, I mean, our argument here at Oshkosh is we're very affordable and we're still, this isn't like a plug for us necessarily, but I'm just making a comparison. We're a very affordable school, especially if you're in-state or like uh, from Illinois because we have that tuition, um, whatever the heck the word's for it, um, but they share, they share some really good right. tuition uh, properties. So it's just like, you come up here from there, it's very affordable um, without a scholarship. So you should know all that. You should know the bottom line for that and make sure you take all those factors into account. You and just said it, bottom line. Like financially, if you're really worried about the cost and you're saying to yourself, I need to be the best athletic version of myself so I can get an athletic scholarship. If you're wanting to get into track, many times that athletic dollar you're getting is not necessarily giving you the most affordable school when it comes down to the legitimate bottom line direct cost. Mm -hmm. So something to honestly think about. Once again, there's a lot of D1 schools, D2 schools that are going to be 50000 a year tuition, room, and board. They're going to give you an athletic and academic scholarship and tell you that it's a half ride while you're still shelling out twenty five k a year before your FAFSA kicks in, of course. And then you're like, okay, that's great. I'm getting my athletic. I'm getting my academic. Only to find out that this Division three institution tuition room and board where they can't offer you athletically, but maybe they get you something academically and then their bottom dollar cost tuition room and board is 18,000 a year. 
So you already now are seven grand a year more affordable at that division three school. And we just simply can't get you an athletic dollar. So if it comes down to the dollar, that's where you still have to make sure you're being mindful of how much it legitimately costs at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause you get a scholarship doesn't always mean that it's, this is the cheapest school to go to yep. or the best school for you. So, but, um, yeah, I know you really want to talk about the transfer. This is, this is one I have to get off the, my, my chest. Yeah. Here. The eye openers that have been, uh, kind of on, opening on the, your eyes. The, 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 yeah, these have been, these have been real eye, eye openers opening the, uh, the eyes, both of um, them, both of them wide open. <laughs> Just Gee, okay. So <laughs> deer in headlights, the transfer portal is a very interesting game that is now being played. And I've already seen this on social media a few times with people bringing up very good points about the transfer portal. We're starting to see that this portal is being encouraged. It's being, you know, made sure open to use more than ever, use more than ever. You know, student athletes are flying onto this thing. And do I think that it's a great idea? Yeah, of course. I think it empowers the athlete to be able to make those decisions and move where they feel they need to. They should never feel like they're handcuffed to a school the moment they make a decision. But this is what's kind of ironic about it. And like I said, I've kind of seen this on some Twitter messages. The transfer portal, in my opinion, is only showing that athletes are making decisions that are not truly where they want to go but off of what their circle or their family or their coaches or outside external pressures are influencing them or telling them where to go. Mm -hmm. That's what it's showing me. If you look it up right now on the transfer portal, there's so many people and it's just like, Oh, I went here. Eh, You know what, what I thought I, what I thought what I was going to get in an experience or playing time or this division, I just realized that this isn't for me. And that is what I'm starting to see more than ever. Yes, I'm biased. We're biased. We're Division Three coaches. Um, Just the little guys down the block. You know, we, we're the ones that are going to always amplify what we can be for uh, a division, for an institution. But once again, this is that double-edged sword of not having an athletic dollar. Kids are coming here because they want to be here and they see it from a four-year plan. Yes, do D3 kids transfer to other divisions? Yeah, you see it happen. You see it happen all the time. But you definitely see it more when you start to look up the transfer portal and realize it's D1 kids trying to figure out the next move. Mm-hmm. That's what you see most of the time on the transfer portal. So once again, I think it's just proving my point, proving our points that have my position that you're, you shouldn't be choosing a school off of what people are telling you off your measurable Go where you're wanted. Go where you feel you can be the best version of yourself. Trust in that program. Trust in yourself. And stop making these decisions that you have a feeling of relative doubt when you sign your name on the line. You know, it's not what it seems. And just because you run this measurable or hit this marker, these schools relatively want you. Do they really want you that much? I, I mean, I guess once again, it's just showing that the outside pressure to pick these schools, they're missing the big component that is it really actually for you from an all-encompassing perspective. That's what it's showing. And I just had to get that off my chest because I think the transfer portal is important. I think it's valuable. I think it's something that's needed. But I also but think flooded. that it's... There's a darn flood going on in it. I think it's only showing that a lot of people are making really bad decisions when they first start off. 
And now that they're able to just jump on the portal and leave, they're, they, they pick the wrong school for the wrong reasons. So then you start to look at society, family, parents, co- high school coaches, club coaches, all the what, outside what, you know, the, your circle of friends, what are people saying? Oh, if you hit this mark, then you should be division one. And you get that into your head. Like, okay, well I have to go division one. And then you realize that, oh man, this isn't really what I wanted. Or it's like the school that people are telling you to go to for their own reasons or logic or ideas. So, um, you go where you're wanted, go where you feel it's the best fit for you. Go from a four year plan. That's my end idea here on this. I just had to throw my transfer portal thoughts on this because it's only showing that people are making the wrong move. Um, and don't get me wrong. I understand that division three is a non-athletic scholarship based institution or division, but you don't see a lot of D three kids in the portal. You just don't. Um, and I'm not saying that you don't see them on there cause you do. Um, but more or less like, I guess technically from a perspective of, yeah, do D three kids have the ability to move around? Of course they do. Are they going to be as sought after as a D one kid that wants to go somewhere else? It's on the transfer portal. I understand that that person has more flexibility and options. I'm just simply saying that you need to be mindful of where you're going and going for the right reasons. So, yeah. um, Division three, division two, II, division one, it track and field people, it's all measurable. And those measurables are going to get you to different opportunities, but just know that it, you're going to see top end talent, some great talent in all divisions at the most elite level for each division. Just find the right fit, regardless of division, regardless of a lot of things, just find the right fit for you, find the right program, find the right fit, find the right feel. Yep. Make sure you're happy where you go. Yep. Whether that, you know, and we're not saying that's always Oshkosh because we're not the right fit for everybody. <laughs> yes, we are. No, we're not. We're not the right fit for everybody. Why? Yeah. I don't know. But there's kids that we're not going to be the right fit for, you know, in, in all reality. It's just, that's how it's going to be. We're so, always going to be the right fit at Oshkosh. Yeah. All right. Anyways, nice. uh, let's hit Next. one more thing <laughs> on, uh, let's hit one more thing before we kind of sign off here. Um, Connie, give me, we, we yeah. talked a lot about like our, our kind of our little bit of adjustment of what you're doing for training for uh, the sprinters, sprinters, jumpers, all that kind of stuff. Anybody that really runs, um, runs short sprints or jumps. Uh, give me your training thoughts after two meets. Kind of what are you thinking? What are you feeling? How are you? Are we going to adjust things? What are we liking? We're throwing it all out. Just we're scrapping it. Kitchen sink. Yep. We're going to do, uh, we're just going to do push ups on uh, every day. I think that's going to get nice. us to our next Coaches step. too? Nope. Good. I would have had to quit. Yikes. Uh, no. Well, I want to do this. Um, just training thoughts after two two meets because I, I told people previously on this podcast, people, I told all of you, whoever's, whoever's listening to this, that we did some things differently. We added more volume. Um, in years past, uh, we were pretty high intensity, high intention uh, fairly regularly, and I stopped doing that. I add a little bit more volume, a little bit more uh, speed economy, a little bit more work capacity. And um, I was nervous that it wasn't going to work from a top end perspective. I thought we were going to lose our MV. I thought we were not going to be able to get out of the blocks. I didn't think that we were going to be able to stay fast and efficient. Don't get me wrong. We did work on speed. So that maybe that's why we're still looking good. Uh, didn't abandon that. Whole we <laughs> just adjusted it. Right. We look awesome. Like we really do. I, I'm so pleased with how we're looking so far. Um, and kudos to I'm those athletes gonna, putting in the work. Oh, hundred percent. Like we don't want to make it sound like we're mostly him over here on the on my right side is 
is doing all the work here because we're not. We're just coming up with some game plans, but the athletes are putting in the work and, and laying down those performances. So let's not, let, let's not make it sound like we're too cool here. Right. They're trusting it. They're, they're trusting the premise and the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like I have, you know, a method to what, what I'm I doing. Do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, my my main objective was to simply give them a hair more lactic so they can have a little bit more of an, uh, you know, a base of, you know, empowerment, I should say. Um, and knowing that I can finish these races in the two and the four. Well, um, I'm not scared by them. And I, I do think that there is a, there is a, there is a middle ground to the, high volume run till you puke grind daily type of training plan that's low intensity high volume and then the other side where it's you know fatigue and soreness is the enemy type of scenario which yes it sort of is but overall it's then it's just pure max velocity pure rest and recovery pure plyometrics and very very little lactic if you would even call it that um which you do they do have lactic on that side of the coin but it's just not conducive enough when it comes to the 400 and being able to run multiple races in a given day or a championships weekend um and so i am taking both sides of this spectrum of absolutes and i'm meeting in the middle and then simply leaning still towards more a optimal dosage approach, a little bit more of a short to long approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm starting to realize that you actually can work on um, speed economy, uh, being able to have more volume within your training plan that is specific to what you're trying to mimic in those given races. And instead of me just being over here on the MV side, free lap, you know, as much as you can, as often you, as you can, as fresh as you can. I've actually taken that relative chunk out and I've plugged it in with rhythm, timing, shapes, and some uh, longer workouts, a little bit more volume. And it has caused this blend between the two where I am actually just absolutely surprised, shocked, and excited to see what we're running, not only in the 60, uh, but our 200s. This is the best start we've ever had. So um something's something's got to be working um and i'm going to keep i'm going to keep living in this range i'm going to keep living in the middle yeah um, because i genuinely think that that's where the the truth of of uh of a solid trading program lives um it's being balanced you know it's the idea that you know you're trying to keep everything in you know cohesiveness um cohesion cohesion um it's the one while still making sure you're touching on everything max velocity acceleration and you know strength uh you know lactic acidosis you know model and then a weightlifting component and making sure that you're keeping everything polished so you don't build up too much rust on anything um and and that's really where we've been and i think that it's building an all-around more balanced sprinter and ironically it's making a better sprinter overall and a high tide of training facets is going to raise all ships um and I am in the middle now, so I'm I'm not super. Stuck I don't lean one way heavy to the other. I, I'm, I'm pretty much in the, the middle. middle with yep. you. So I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep building it. Kind of gonna keep seeing what happens here. Um, and once again, I guess I I would still lean more towards that optimal dosage idea because I do think that's what sprinting is. 
Um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm just working on max velocity, um, uh, you know, three two hundreds at longest for a lactic session and then just resting and recovering to rinse and repeat. Uh, we are adding more volume and it's working. Awesome. Awesome. Um, let's, uh, you know, I think we're about to wrap it up here for episode, uh, five here. Um, where are you at? We're over. Yeah, we're over. We keep getting longer and longer every episode. We're going to have to talk less. And well, we can shave less. off the start of this. I think we had we about will. five minutes of nothing. Sure. We got a lot of, <laughs> way more than that of nothing in the middle too. A lot of, not a lot of meat, a lot of fat, you know, a lot of fatty steak there. But anyways, uh, give us some feedback. Um, looking for topic ideas. If you, what you guys want to hear, we don't want to just talk about what we want to talk. Well, yeah, we do. But I want to talk about how awesome we are yeah, all the time. That we could do that the whole three seconds but um give us some topic ideas we will i promise you i promise you promise you we are working we have two more mics we have two more to set up for two more people here just nobody um, wants to hang out with us is basically what we're getting yeah they keep we were joking you don't have to sit in the middle here if we actually get guests we're gonna have to arrange this differently yeah they're gonna be over there on Either the other we corner do, of the couch maybe we bit. do chairs or we angle it this way so we do have the whole couch and we'll have to put the I think we'll camera right there we'll talk about that at, at well, the, we'll, we don't uh, have to bore these people with we'll go to a board meeting figure it out but board meeting anyway board thank directors. you so much for listening uh make sure to like subscribe comment donate stuff view all right bye